Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good evening, good afternoon, folks. It is the one and only Cinnamon Gorilla himself, the Viva Gorilla Economist, come to you live on this edition of V for Velas. Velas is the dark, the dark state, the deep state. No, the dark raven of the deep state. Jesus Christ, see what happens? I've got cinnamon, the dark raven of something, something, the dark raven of cinnamon baked desserts. It's all CJ's fault. CJ, this it morning, it is CJ's fault. It is. This morning, CJ, who is late to the broadcast, because he got to do some. He's he has, he has some things to do on the honey do list, but um, he texted us this new place that just it's called Cinnamon Holic or something like that, where it, 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 it everything cinnamon based desserts, cakes and cookies and cinnamon rolls and and all this make your own cinnamon rolls and top it however way you like and. My eyes rolled back on the back of my head at that point, fellas, and because they had me at cinnamon. They had me at cinnamon. Yeah, folks, if you saw the order menu of this place oh. uh, when he texted me and V this morning, I was like, no, no, I don't need that. <laughs> Do I'm, not I'm, open I'm, one of those near me. Yeah, I mean, God help you guys. I mean, this the, they, they have loca- a couple of locations throughout the country. Um, here I am giving them free advertising, fellas. Here I am for no reason. Look, We're I'm big there. like that. They're all over the Midwest. They're all over the Midwest. There's South Carolina, then Georgia, and Tennessee, of course, Nashville, right? Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, you know, Toledo, Ohio, Toledo. That's not too far from, uh, wow, this is, that's pretty bad, man. It's pretty bad. Anyway, folks, you can find Velas lurking in the, Discord rooms of the Rogue News Discord. If you need to get onto the Rogue News Discord, just email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com. That is CJ at roguenews.com. And Tika Booms is talking about French toast bread pudding. Dude, bread pudding <laughs> is my favorite dessert. And then combining that with French toast, I think my eyes just rolled in the back of my head. That's that's a definite Homer Simpson. Ah. <laughs> Uh, forbidden donut uh, <laughs> yeah for real for real oh man anyway, uh, fellas what do you want to get into brother we got so much so very much annie 14 you can stop filing your nails now per your posting on discord um so folks just a reminder uh next week on the 14th friday the 14th 
there will be no show for me. I will be back on the 21st. Um, I continue to live rent-free in the minds of the World Economic Forum, but I'm still paying rent to the Trilateral Commission. Uh, we're going to cover some energy deals with Turkey and Libya, Israel and Azerbaijan, mind crimes, the CHIPS Act again, a little bit of Patrick Ryan, some assassination, and a whole lot of globalist stuff. V, feel free to jump in as I roll through here. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was an energy deal between Turkey and Libya. This is interesting. Uh, they signed a memorandum of understanding uh, for cooperation on oil exploration and drilling at a meeting of their foreign ministers in Tripoli on Monday the 3rd this week. Uh, according to the Turkish minister, the two countries will likely sign a similar deal on natural gas. Uh, Greece, of course, disputes the maritime boundaries that have been identified by Turkey and Libya uh, from a controversial 2019 agreement and has raised concerns about this deal violating their resources. Because if anything's going on with Turkey, Greece is going to have a comment and vice versa. Uh, this is important uh, due to Turkey's ever-shifting political weight in the region, as well as the value of Libya's low sulfur oil, which I've raised on several shows, not the least of which is, is it's easier to refine without the environmental impact of other sources like Venezuela's. Uh, Israel and Azerbaijan. Uh, Azerbaijan's defense minister met on Monday with his Israeli counterpart, Benny Gantz, uh, who's on an official visit to Azerbaijan to discuss military and technical cooperation. On Sunday, the Israeli media reported that Israel had set up a refugee camp in Azerbaijan uh, to support Jewish refugees fleeing Russia following the announcement of a partial mobilization by the Russian military. Meanwhile, Azerbaijan's minister spoke on Monday with Iran's chief of the general staff to discuss military cooperation. Uh, this matters because Turkey is supporting Azerbaijan against Armenia, and there is a tortured history between Turkey and Armenia, specifically the ethnic cleansing back in 1918, uh, which lasted for a number of years. Uh, these events aren't isolated either, as the elites are trying to put pressure on Russia on all of her borders, uh, whether it's the renewed conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan, uh, recent NATO outreach to Georgia, or as it's pronounced in the Urals, Georgia, uh, and the big one. Uh, several efforts have been ongoing to cause problems with Serbia. Um, if in an alternative universe someone was messing with Puerto Rico, Canada, and Tex Texas, the United States would be warming up nuclear weapons. Uh, this is a dangerous game people are playing here. Um, container ships. Per the Freight Waves website, uh, 2023 and 2024, we'll be setting new records for the delivery of container ships, new cargo ships. Uh, we've covered on Rogue uh, the host of reasons why uh, there's going to be a need for new vessels to be built, uh, including the switch to low-sulfur naval fuel more than a year ago and the end of life of existing ships. Uh, the midterms. Uh, we have midterm elections next month on November 8th. Uh, you all knew that, right, on the 8th? Uh, I've got like one political ad on my local TV channels and YouTube ads. Uh, I'm almost left with the impression that they want us um, to forget that we have midterms. So I'm just kind of interested to see what happens uh, as we get closer uh, to the 8th of November. Operation Mind Crime. Uh, in 1988, uh, the metal rock band Queensryche uh, released an album called Operation Mind Crime. Uh, at first, it was viewed as another attempt by a rock band to delve into the rock opera genre. I'm referring to the band Styx in particular prior to this one. Uh, the album was way more than that, especially the storyline, because it actually told a story in each of the songs uh, as you went through the 
um, the album. Uh, consider the title of the album itself, Mind Crime. Uh, years ahead of its time in our metaverse universe. This also dovetails into my ongoing narrative about telling truth through fiction. I'd suggest you read up about the storyline of that album and think about our current events. There's a million interpretations out there about the storyline of, of the album and what it was about. And like any good art, uh, it's up to you to consider for yourself. To quote from the lyrics of one of the songs on the album, and I quote, don't ever trust the needle, it lies, and whether that needle is your TV or your news websites. The CHIPS Act. Covered on a prior show, the CHIPS Act, which is worth $52 billion in U.S. subsidies to support domestic U.S. computer chip production. A bunch of that money went to Intel's new manufacturing site in Columbus, Ohio. Not to be outdone, Micron says they will spend $100 billion, that is not a misprint, $100 billion in upstate New York to build a new computer chip plant over the next 20 years. I'm assuming that's initial. <laughs> 20 years. Good. Sorry. I'm assuming that's initial construction and supporting operations. That roughly that is, works. That is to pay the criminal political mafia in right. New York off. That, that's, what, that's, what, that's what 80% of the cost is going to go to. That's what doing business in New York will cost you, or yeah. out here in the Midwest, we'll do it more cheaply. Yeah. Uh, that, that works out to $5 billion a year in New York State. Uh, just a reminder, uh, the Intel investment was $2 billion in Ohio on the building of the manufacturing plant, and then $100 million a year on Midwest universities to feed talent uh, to their operations in Columbus, Ohio. Micron more H- is... More H-1B visas. Micron is based out of Boise, Idaho. Some of you may want to research who runs that state. Tucker Carlson had an interview this week with Mr. Bobolinsky, um, noted that on Discord on Wednesday night. I posted the interview. Uh, Tucker had interviewed him before, and certainly bringing him back was timely, as there certainly seems to be measures uh, to go after uh, Hunter once again. Uh, you know, we do have the midterms. Um, Patrick Ryan, uh, he's been rather quiet of late. I'm sure he's off doing something interesting. Um, he did post one of his rather cryptic comments recently. Um, he began with a, a posting that said, and I quote, when it rains, it pours, unquote, um, noting that the word rains was spelled R-E-I-G-N-S, um, then followed a few days later, noting the Queen of Denmark had dropped the rights to succession of her grandchildren, uh, something who similarly has occurred with the British royal family recently. Why does this matter? Uh, in the case of Britain, several considerations. First, there's a rumor that Charles III is really going to be operating like a regent rather than a king. He's simply making everything ready for his son William to take over. Uh, given the former queen's tendencies around her kids and her grandkids, that would make sense. Um, Prince Andrew simply cannot be allowed to rule, and Charles cannot be allowed to rule for too long. So here we are. Right. Yeah, it's going to be Willie. Yeah. Willie's always been their chosen boy. He has ever since Andrew blew up on the tarmac. Um, the second item is, is we have to remember it's not just William and Harry who are in play. Uh, beyond the King of England, there are a few players whose fortunes rise or fall based on who's sitting on the throne. So, yes, Harry has been sidetracked, and perhaps permanently. Uh, we need to notice all the recent negative press aimed at Meghan. Uh, methinks the royal power players are trying to split those two up for Harry's own good. We'll see. Um, Third, there's another player here, and that's Andrew and his kids. Uh, note the fact about 10 years before the Queen passed away that Andrew and Fergie sort of got back together again, Sarah Ferguson. 
Now, whether sober or drinking, because uh, she has a hell of a drinking problem, Sarah Ferguson has shown on numerous occasions her capacity to sell her position to the highest, or for that matter, any uh, bidder. The uh, I've, bidder. Uh, yeah, I've seen the videos. Um, not only is Harry out of the picture, but also Andrew, Sarah, and their kids, uh, equally noting the sudden rash of negative press that's been popping up about all of them. Uh, my main reason for keeping an eye on any of these developments, whether it's uh, Denmark or Britain or wherever, is what impact this may have with the London Corporation, given the reporting structure between them and the king. COVID disclosures, uh, just a reminder, uh, how are we getting all these recent disclosures from the FDA, Health and Human Services, CDC, and NIH? Uh, it's FOIAs, uh, Freedom of Information Act requests, and legal challenges to FOIAs who were not addressed, or more accurately, legal action meant to force an agency to address a FOIA that's been submitted. Uh, there are organizations who are doing this work for you. You don't necessarily need to do this by yourself to get to the truth. Find those groups and give them a hand, folks, where you can. Uh, you may also want to watch some YouTube videos or web links on how to fill out a FOIA correctly, keyword uh, correctly. I've filled out FOIAs myself, and it does take a little bit of a art and a science to get that done properly. Uh, and remember, you can use those at the state level as well. Moving into the light topic of assassination, um, some assassination thoughts I want to cover. Um, Brendan O'Connell recently raised a narrative from a few years ago that the real reason the Iranian general Soleimani was killed was because he was trying to negotiate a peace between Iran, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia as he had realized who was behind ISIS and related events in the region. This is substantiated in part by Iraq's former prime minister who made statements in 2020 also to that effect. Soleimani was trying to negotiate a regional solution and keep the United States, the London Corporation, and Israel out of any solution. Now, whether the real culprit in blowing him up was Israel, the United States, or both, your guess is as good as mine. Though that is the kind of narrative it does make sense. Now, a little bit more about the general. He was not part of the student uprisings in Iran in 1979, and he did not have a theocratic background. In fact, he'd worked in construction uh, before he was... Uh, brought into the military during the Iran-Iraq war, and he really demonstrated his military uh, expertise out in the field. In addition to being the commander of the Al-Quds forces, uh, he created several military strategies leveraging regional militias to shut down ISIS, who we now know was a British and U.S. proxy in the region. The big one also is he was rumored to potentially be a future presidential candidate in Iran, and that's huge. Prior to and following his death, rather interestingly, it was Vladimir Putin who was shuttling around Syria and Turkey, among other regional players, working to bring that boiling kettle down to a simmer, if not turn it off entirely. And then roughly two years later, we have the Ukraine and Russia conflict. So as I'm fond of saying, where am I going with this? I made a mention earlier this year, I felt we were going to see an increase in assassinations around the world as the globalists resolve their plans, which we will get into in a moment. Recall also that sometimes assassination looks like a car accident, a sudden health problem, or the ubiquitous fall on a bar of soap. If the various warring factions out there wanted to raise the stakes a bit and bring things to a conclusion, then the assassination is one of the ways they can do that. We've certainly seen several oligarchs in Russia die over the prior year, and folks associated with the Clintons, well, that's just Friday morning. The oligarchs could just be a power consolidation in Russia. That sort of thing has happened in Russian history over many, many years. There could equally be a lot more going on. 
It's not the people in the news, though, that we're seeking when it comes to the folks where assassination would really come into play. It's the folks in the shadows, and that makes it harder to monitor. To my knowledge, there's no one out there who really runs a website to track unusual deaths of high-end lawyers in Panama, bankers in Albania and Malta, and the minions of the London Corporation are similar. So we'll just have to stay tuned and keep our eyes open. Noting also Patrick Ryan's work and a number of the videos and interviews he's done where he talked about over the past 20 years or so, the risks of assassination of major international players isn't as uh, world warish as it used to be. Uh, to kind of quote what he once said, taking out uh, what he called a trillionaire uh, 30, 40 years ago was almost always guaranteed to start a world war. And his comment was the dynamics of that have changed. So we continue to have a lot of destabilization in the world right now, and there's a lot of unemployed professional killers out there. So we will see. The Seth Rich laptop uh, from the memory holes, we have Seth Rich. Uh, he was the Democratic National Committee staffer who wound up dead with all his valuable personal effects still on his person when they found him. Millennial Millie, in one of her prior research items before she was compromised, floated a very interesting storyline about his being killed by the director of the CIA for several reasons. Namely, the age-old story of Seth knew too much, and he had unwittingly been dragged into an intelligence operation and was therefore a liability and had to be removed. As an awareness, I posted an article off Zero Hedge from last week indicating a judge has ordered the FBI to produce Seth's laptop data or else. This due to a, say it with me, an attorney who has brought the right kind of FOIA submission forcing the government to act. By the way, speaking of the government and revelations, I'm still monitoring and keeping an eye out there for what's going on in Pennsylvania with the Civil War gold and did the FBI run off with it or not. So give yourself a break. Uh, reading through the globalist delusions is hard. Two items about our friends, the globalists. The first is what I'm about to cover and then uh, a little reminder about their goals in a moment. In the ancient world, when we would have two warring parties, we would have many examples of a third or even fourth party getting involved, but doing so in the shadows. Excellent examples of this were from the wars of the Italian city-states and the powerful families who ran them, as well as China's city-state period. The two primary combatants had been in conflict for so long they believed every negative thing that occurred to them must be caused by the other side. Yet clever, powerful elements had caused an event to occur involving both of these parties in conflict, uh, without either one realizing someone else was involved. So with that, let's consider the Nord Stream Pipeline. Hi, CJ. Hello. Let's consider the Nord Stream Pipeline. Now, various media sources out there, including the alternative space, are kind of having the, uh, to quote CJ, uh, the uh, dual party or, or the dual ideology narrative out there of Russia did it or NATO did it. And frankly, in my opinion, the mainstream media of late is desperately trying to shove this whole thing in the memory hall. My input to all of you is the following. This is another excellent example for us to consider both prior as well as future events we know are coming. Please see my prior comment about the midterms. First, the WHO. There's a lot of people who could have taken those pipelines out. And given the advancement in underwater drones, several parties could have taken them out, not just the folks we believe might have done it. Also, those pipelines were not in very deep water, and the locations were well-known due to naval navigation considerations. But the WHO is only part of this, admittedly an important one if a third party is involved. It's about the outcome. It's not even winter yet, and what if this had occurred right in the middle of January? 
The real question is, what has this done to natural gas and refined fuels shipping globally, as well as events to capitalize financially and politically on these disruptions? For that matter, how many other Nord Stream-like points of failure do we have out there? The media this week provided quite a bit of coverage of the skyrocketing delivery rates of LNG ships, liquefied natural gas ships, who now must bring fuel to Europe. So rates are going up, and the cost of the fuel is going up, and the cost of shipping it is going up. Beyond that, we have the small matter of some elected U.S. officials who were investing in natural gas just before the attack. I mean, (laughs) what are the odds? So current globalist goals, we say it often on rug, as do others in the alternative space. Just a reminder, when we see the upheavals in Europe and certain key U.S. cities on the West Coast being cleared out and all the pressure across Western countries, including the United States, what are the globalist goals? Well, we do this often, and I keep, I keep going through this frequently because I don't want us to lose sight of what we're dealing with. First, the digital global economy with the long-term goal of the elimination of all physical money. The levels of control and monitoring such an environment would give you, especially of your individual freedom and economics, are beyond the wildest dreams of most dictators outside of North Korea. Second, and this one's a bit touchy, we've covered it recently, there are many globalists who want a multipolar world. Now, that's a loaded topic because national determination is easier for a number of countries working together in that kind of environment where you don't have what they call the single hegemonic power of the United States. But it also breaks down opposition to globalists. China, Russia, Turkey, India, and the list goes on. They prefer a multipolar world as their desires have a better chance of being heard. But equally, it makes divide and conquer a lot easier. As I often say, it's complicated. You don't know the players without a program. Third, the world's elites need the middle class eliminated globally for several reasons. Middle class and countries can vote in blocks. They have at least some money. Uh, by which they can avoid being manipulated uh, or bullied by employers or governments. They have the annoying habit of starting their own businesses, which only aggravates those two items. The globalists need an environment of a new form of feudalism, or as Matthew Arrett or myself or others may have referred to it in the political science reference of neo-feudalism. It's why so many people of great wealth are tacitly willing to go along, in my opinion, with something like this. They're not going to lose their position in society and the global economy, or at least that's what they believe. Now, they should be cautious because this will weaken their position as well over time. Now, to oversimplify and use California's major cities or those of Portland, Oregon, or Seattle, Washington, to make my point, those of great wealth can afford higher taxes, and so they can live in their elite neighborhoods safely in those cities. Everyone else becomes low-cost labor. And per a prior show I did, they meet the economic and anthropological definition of slavery. Now, this is the big one. The wealthy will be able to live the way they wish as a consequence of their wealth, and the poor and the underclass will survive on government subsidies, whether state or federal. Now, we've seen this before, folks. I know I have. This is what Central America and parts of South America and certain Caribbean countries have looked like for the past hundred years. A small, powerful cadre of elite running the entire country where everybody else is labor. Or to use the often used joke in South America that you've got five families who run El Salvador, which of course is no joke. So everything we can do at the local level in our financial planning, we can throw wooden shoes, aka sabot or sabotage, into this we need to do in support. One other item. Fourth, if you can control major metropolitan areas and key U.S. states, What else does that let you accomplish if it was your goal? Well, you can raise amendments to change the U.S. Constitution. 
If you pull that off the right way, you can legally change the United States into what you want without ever firing a shot. A European friend of mine once commented there was a joke in Europe in the 1990s that went something along the lines of, it's a pity someone didn't tell Germany they could have controlled Europe all they wanted via the Bundesbank rather than that whole dual world war approach they were using. The same level of control could be true for the United States if efforts to modify the Constitution succeeded. And at the same time, please note my, CJ, and V's prior warnings about beware of the left-right paradigm. Mark Levin of Fox News is a solid legal scholar, yet also recall that he worked with Ed Meese under Reagan's administration. And if you know anything about what Ed Meese was up to in those days, Levine was involved as well. Levine has suggested a few times on his Fox program that we need a constitutional convention. A constitutional convention proposed by a network who's heavily influenced by the CIA. Why? So with that, I'll turn it over to V and CJ. As as CJ's munching on that Cinnabon. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't get one. So oh, why didn't you get one? That's what I want. You're going to go ahead and and, and tantalize us with this, CJ, and you don't get one yourself. Too, too too big of a hurry, and I was just leaving leaving the gym, so it's kind of oh, one of those screw your gym. Screw <laughs> <laughs> your gym. Who cares? Your white supremacy in the gym. Your toxic masculinity could, for once, CJ, for five seconds, take a backseat <laughs> to just your blind ambition for I cinnamon know. buns. Well, V, I tell you what, the best thing we could do is, is we should go there together and we can just feast. Hell yeah. Now yeah. you're talking. Going to a I want to go into, a, into an insulin-induced coma. <laughs> That's my goal. But my, my take on this is it's pretty interesting, right? You know, a couple of things I want that that bear to mind is this, and I and and uh, you, you know I've talked about this months and months ago with with what private equity is doing, and I told you all the moves that are happening right now. Said it months ago, right now, what is happening in the, in the equity world? It's the, the markets are playing exactly how I said it, and one of the things I said you're going to see a lot of moves against the Davos crowd. Notice Exhibit A, okay? OPEC Plus told the Told Biden, OPEC plus. <laughs> which is Russia and Saudi Arabia, told Biden to go, you know, go, go, uh, go sit on a corn dog. <laughs> okay, go sit on a corn dog. And they, you know, have gone ahead and they cut back two million dollars, two million, two million barrels worth of production per day, which conveniently, if you do it now. It's already ramping up to create havoc for the midterms, which the Democrats don't want. Okay, Exhibit A, Exhibit B, just like what Velas talked about, Teddy Bobulinski's back in the picture, and Teddy's again making those rounds. And now, mainstream media, New York Post, the the I'm sorry, New York Post, the New York Times, the the Washington Post, you know. They're all coming. The Chicago Tribune, they're all putting out Hunter Biden stories, Hunter Biden stories. Now, we all know they're not going to make a move on putting the clinks on this guy right before the midterms. No, no, no. They're going to do it into the new year. Definitely. No doubt about it. But the 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 intensification of the scandal surrounding Hunter is starting to intensify. And it's just enough to create a, a such a buzz that there's no way between that and, and, and what's happening with inflation, with energy prices, the demon crafts stand to lose not only the House, which they were going to lose anyway, but now they stand to lose the Senate. Okay, And there's been major dialbacks also 
with what's happening with ESG, with what's happening with some of the moves that are happening within the media companies, and BlackRock losing, yes. like I said, significant amounts of money. Go ahead, Velas. Yes, and we had the moves by not just the state of Louisiana, but I believe also it was Kentucky uh, telling BlackRock and other private equity firms, if you keep enforcing this ESG garbage on us, we're not going to allow our state to do any business business with you. Also, reflect back, folks, on a prior program I had where I said, it's all fun and games until one division or business unit at BlackRock, let's say the insurance industry, is being negatively impacted by something else BlackRock is doing, like pharmaceuticals. Because what happened? Hey, holy crap, our insurance side is losing money hand over fist. Why? Well, we're having to pay a bunch of life insurance policies. Why? Well, because of that thing over there caused by the pharmacy folks. Well, shit, then we got to divest one of these these areas we're investing in. I mean, it's all fun and games until we're talking about margins. Exactly. Exactly. BlackRock is standing to as it stands. You got to also understand the biggest time bomb, and I've been I've been calling this from day one. And when everybody thought that BlackRock BlackRock was an unassailable monolith, they are sitting on the biggest amount of white elephants, which is just basically empty commercial real estate buildings that are not getting any sort of rent. They cannot. They can no longer. There's a point where. The rehypothecation and the financialization runs out, and they're getting to that point. Now, Velas, you highlighted the point. They have investments in pharmaceuticals, which are also killing their insurance investments. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just, BlackRock is becoming the snake that's eating its own tail, man. Exactly. Well, and, and guess it, what? And as this is happening, I hear the knives are being unsheathed by J.P. Morgan and Goldman. Watch what happens. Go ahead, Velas. Well, and CJ has said it. V has said it. I've said it. It's been said by many. Tragically, because I know many of us, and and you know, I I still am a human being like all of you. You know, we we want the savior, we want the good guys, we want the white hats. Powerful people are always going to act like powerful people. And you know, when you get, I know a lot of folks have said, well, BlackRock and these these other players, Vanguard, State Street Advisors, even. Even the people I once worked with, uh, Carlisle, uh, are just unstoppable. And it's like, well, yes and no. I mean, I've I once worked for for a very powerful defense contractor in Washington D.C. that was was considered both unholy and demonic, but but you couldn't you know argue with their their work products. Uh, completely self obliterated by the actions of their senior leader, and nearly blew the entire company six ways from Sunday. Uh, Carlisle was once the third most powerful private equity firm in the world. No one ever thought anything could ever happen to them. Now I think they've dropped to eighth or ninth. Yeah. So <laughs> when they have these giant portfolios and the proverbial crap hits the fan, they will turn on each other like piranha because yeah. that's the nature of the beast. It's funny too, that we're having this conversation because I was watching some clips last night from margin call Classic. and uh, the scene where Jeremy Irons goes to talk to uh, the woman executive um, and tells her, you know, I got to feed somebody to the board of directors as being responsible for this. And it's going to be you. And we're going to we're going to give you a lot of money, but you're going to go away. And there's this scramble of people trying to figure out, do I survive? Do I not survive? There's the scene that always gets me where the um, 
the ex the excellent actor that that played the young number two to Jeremy Irons characters in the bathroom shaving and the young kid comes out of the stall and he's been crying for an hour and the the guy kind of looked at him and and the kid goes uh this was the job I wanted my whole life and the dynamic in that scene because it's like the young the young guy the young guy working for the financial firm working in that kind of job working in that kind of industry that was his focus but the executive who's been up for 48 hours and is shaving in the in the mirror he's about power and he's about acquisition you know it's like the second movie of wall street where uh, the protagonist is challenging the the private equity guy, and he goes, "When is it enough?" And the guy looks at him and goes, "More." It's about more. It's always going to be about more. There's no, there's no, you know, in their universe, there's no right and wrong. There's no boundaries. It's just what can I pull off? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as these major uh, firms are trying to straighten themselves out, I, I would be equally interested. I pay big money to be a fly on the wall right now to hear some of the conversations going on in the business units at BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, and all the rest yeah. of them, uh, with their crypto desks. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd pay big money to know what those cats think. Now, by the way, small aside on the on the medical thing, which you all might find amusing, um, I was on a flight on Monday uh, coming back home, and I was listening to uh, Bloomberg uh, having an interview, or uh, Bloomberg was covering the recent Nobel Prizes in uh, medical science, and the Nobel Committee had awarded a medical researcher, and the press was asking the committee, why didn't they give an award to the developers of the COVID vaccines? Now, the committee handled it with unbelievable smoothness. They just said, well, we're only here to talk about the candidate who won the award. But, yeah, you, you want to wonder why the Nobel Committee stayed the heck away from the developers of, of those vaccines for an award? Uh, what a cesspool of private equity and other parties trying to stay out of the limelight that one is. Oh, yeah. It's only getting worse. It's only intensifying as we crescendo into the midterms and into the, uh, into the new election year, which is 2023 going into 2024. Gentlemen, there's a couple real quick pertinent things that I, I, I think we need to note uh, real quick. And and a lot of people misread this uh, yesterday when it hit the news cycle. And that's the fact that the uh, New York Times released an article, basically, that the U.S. believes that the Ukrainians were behind the assassination of Russia. And everyone's trying to analyze, but no one really, like, were told what was happening here. In, in my opinion, I think what's happened here is I think we're seeing it starting to see a major rift or crack between the uh, U.S. intelligence-backed uh, operatives and and Ukraine, and what I mean by that is I, I imagine through either either wires or or surveillance that the intelligence operatives may have caught word that maybe Zelensky was maybe working some different channels, maybe potentially seeking some different things. And this this article is a perfect example of how our intelligence services operate because they put things like this out there on purpose, just like they do the Saudis. Everybody remembers before when Biden was losing uh, a little bit of with the Saudis, they started putting out about 9-11 that, hey, we're going to start opening up investigations, right. start paying out these things. We leverage these. We leverage the intelligence we gather to force these people in decision. This is a perfect example where we say, OK, well, I tell you what, Zelensky, if you're not going to start, if you're going to start rifting, breaking away from our direction, potentially, and what we're consideration then here's this article. We're going to put this out in the media. And, and it's funny because almost every U.S. media, CNBC, CNN, everyone jumped on this 
but no one's told the backstory of why this happens. And so I think I think that's it's it's very important that we, we're seeing some cracks here. Zelensky went off uh, yesterday and he said, hey, listen, you know what? I, I think that the NATO use, needs to use a first strike, you know, against Russia, which was off script, which later they had to they had to backtrack <laughs> that. So lots lots is happening really quick uh, in regards to the elections. Let's keep in mind, let's not be naive. Big money dictates policies, right? Big money dictates the spending bills, the legislation that gets passed. It's what drives those things. And in the event where we're witnessing right now, the military industrial complex receiving significant amount of money in, in government money, free handouts. And so, you know, Trump was no different. When Trump was elected, he gave money to the, the big financial institutions. He rolled back a lot of taxes, which they utilized to go ahead and purchase their stock. By These guys are like, they don't care. Like corporate, they don't fucking care. They will... They will suck a penis if it if it's oh, going to leverage him. Oh my you know, god! For the next, they will. They're bastards. Oh my and god! And so, so big money is going to basically decide the next election cycle and who they feel is going to be there to give the next. And and I think that's why they don't like it because they see the Democratic Party pushing more towards this green agenda, this social programs that we're only going to finance and lend money to these these financial institutions that are practicing green energy. They're going to sustainability, and and they don't like that. So therefore corporations and these big hedge funds and everything, they, they become the bitches and they're like, okay, well, we, we need to pivot to the other party and see, see what they're going to offer us and see what legislation we can get passed. So that's, that's how it works. The dynamics of it. Let's be honest with each other. Which is why the local level is so important, which I know CJ, you, you raise often and, and very solid CJ on your commentary about the intelligence community and what's going on with, with uh, Zelensky. I, I mean, don't, don't forget folks. I mean, in current time, Zelensky's wife and kids and his parents are all in Israel. Now, in the 1700s, <laughs> handing over one of your family members to your enemies and your enemy giving you one of their family members, that was a form of, of uh, war prevention through hostages. Uh, you know, everybody he knows who he's related to is is sitting in Israel, which in and of itself is rather interesting if you think about it. If somebody had said France or Poland or even Britain, that would be one thing, but it's it's the age old, uh, and I don't want to get too Brendan O'Connell here, but it's like every time Israel's name starts coming up, it's like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> why why is Israel involved? What 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 stake do they have in this other than something that's quite immense? But anyway, yeah, well, and it also reminds me of the movie Braveheart, where uh, Robert the Bruce's father, upon hearing that uh, there was a Scottish uprising, tells his son in classic political fashion, you'll support this uprising from our lands in the north and you'll oppose it from our lands in the south. Uh, for those of you who spend time in Vegas, that's the rule of betting on red and black at the same time on the roulette wheel. So Zelensky talking like he's the biggest war hawk on the planet doesn't mean that he doesn't have back channels uh, to the Russian government trying to bring the conflict to an end. But it's been said by many, and I believe it's a fairly uh, legitimate claim, uh, Zelensky's being threatened six ways from Sunday to keep this war going by any means necessary. And he's panicking. He's Bingo. a cornered dog. Bingo. That's the yes, whole entire thing. He's for any dog. of the quote-unquote victories, and I know V spoke to this uh, a couple of days ago about, you know, the cold, the cold weather is coming. Uh, first, we're going to have a lot of rain, and that's going to make everything muddy, and that'll slow things down unless it's by plane. Uh, um, but American then, tanks do very well in the mud. I don't know if you know that, Velas. And they also do very good in the sand, as you can tell right. by them igniting like Roman candles in the Yemeni desert. But go ahead. But uh, once that once that ground gets hard, uh, you know, it gets a lot easier to to maintain military campaigns. 
You know, the on-the-ground reality is still on-the-ground reality, and the first uh, casualty of any war is the truth. Um, there is a unbelievable level of a military equipment that has just been annihilated on both sides. And so the more NATO and Western countries keep providing armaments, and let's be candid, there's, there is no denying that we've got troops on the ground, perhaps even wearing Ukrainian uniforms, uh, which is leading to the success of these of these military operations of late, or at least the perceived success. Now, Vellas, where are you where are you coming up with that? Well, <clears throat> because there's nothing new under the sun. This is exactly what happened during the Bosnian War, where Bosnia, Croatia, and Serbia are at each other's throats. Uh, the battlefield is constantly moving back and forth, and then all of a sudden, uh, Europe and others decide we don't want thousands of Bosnian refugees flooding into Europe. We got to bring this war to an end. Oh, and Iran is getting involved helping the Bosnian Muslims. So what happened? Well, the Croats suddenly started performing really well on the battlefield. Strangely well. I'm not putting down the Croatian people or their military, but I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, you were you were moving with Atlantean like expertise there on the battlefield. <laughs> that seems a little out of the ordinary. Uh, that's because it was Western Special Forces. We're, we're fighting with the Croatians, not just directing them, but our, our folks were on the ground. And, you know, they cut through the Serbians pretty, pretty effectively. And then all of a sudden, the Bosnians started fighting uh, even better. So, you know, th this has happened before. Uh, it's as old as time. Now, am I saying that we have thousands of troops on the ground? I doubt that, but it doesn't really take that many. Uh, you know, some forward observers, some small teams, some special forces teams, uh, they could they could really really tie things up. I mean, look what Otto Skorzeny achieved during the Battle of the Bulge with the Germans. A handful of German soldiers wearing American uniforms who spoke English, redirecting armies in different directions and changing road signs caused a, a major tie up in our ability to respond to the German offensive in 1944. So, there's also been some prisoner exchanges that have been covered on non-traditional channels. Uh, where everything from bodies to captured soldiers on both sides are being quietly handed back and forth uh, as this thing goes on. But, you know, I, I don't know how much longer uh, the, the Ukrainians are going to be in a position to just keep pouring in equipment that Russian artillery just keeps annihilating. Uh, plus, the other thing, too, is, is I can't even... I'd, I'd kill from some satellite photographs to see... Because, you know, like any war... No one is, there's no cleaners, there's no trash people going out there picking up all the blown up tanks and, and cannon and taking them off. I mean, that equipment has to be eventually removed, but the battlefield uh, must just absolutely look like a quagmire of, of blown up equipment. And as we've seen in the news of late, the United States, whether it's uh, shoulder launched or small uh, armaments, uh, man pads as they call them, shoulder launched missiles, um, but we're our stores of, of, Spare parts and uh, equipment uh, are running very low. Uh, now, you know, are we about to go to war with China? Well, I doubt it, but it's like we, we still like to keep some stockpiles available, and we're, we're running out. And given what happened but in Libya— I thought, I thought we're a military-industrial—no, I guess we're not. We're just the military complex. We're going to drop the eye, folks. No more use well, of the let's, eye. Let's, let's be complex. candid. After, after having worked for and with the industrial complex— uh, it's a lot of very, I mean, not to shoot myself in the foot, it's a lot of very expensive analysts like myself or, or <laughs> scientists like myself doing a lot of very expensive work yeah. 
But how much is it of Lockheed and Northrop and other manufacturers rolling artillery shells down an assembly line? I mean, look what we had to do during uh, the first Iraq war in 91. We literally had to go out to the boneyards and go get uh, spare parts uh, for some of those deep penetrating um, Moabs. This is no joke, folks. They went out to one of our old battleships. Uh, it wasn't the Wisconsin. I forget which one it was. But they sawed off the artillery guns, the naval guns, off one of our battleships and loaded them with explosives and put on you know, the, the adjustable fins on the back end so that it could be directed to the target because the only source we had for that kind of high-grade metal that was fit for purpose was off of our World War II battleships. So we were literally cutting the guns off to turn them into, and of course, you know, as I heard later from some of the folks I worked with in Washington, can you imagine the conversation on the flight line with the pilot where it's like, look, bro, if you miss the target with this thing, it's not like I got 40 more of them coming from Northrop. Like, this is it. <laughs> We've only got a handful of battleships where we can cut the guns off and turn them into these these bombs. So it's, the, oh, nice. It's the same thing here. Um, when we had the Libyan conflict, you know, I've mentioned this on several shows, within 72 hours, because that was how Europe had always been planning it. Within 72 hours, most of the European countries that were attacking targets in Libya ran out of planes, ran out of spare parts, and ran out of munitions. They had to bring in the United States to fill the gap. Well, if that's how anemic they were just a few years ago with the Libyan <laughs> campaign, uh, this thing's been going on for months. So, I don't know how much more equipment they can offer Ukrainians. It's not like the Russians are going to stop. It's it's going to get ugly. And now now is the moment in time when when even among the world's globalists and and uh, doers of evil, uh, we we need some clear thinking. Because uh, you know, I had somebody come up to me the other day and, and was asking. They're like, "Well, do do you feel that the president and like it's like I had to hold up a hand and go stop right there." He's pumped full of Adderall every weekend in Delaware. They give him a cookie. They put him on TV. And, and he does not have the briefcase, which that I know I keep bringing it up on shows, everybody. But it's like that right there should make folks. Uh, thank you, John Michael Karma, the Missouri and the Wisconsin. Um, that right there should make all of us afraid to walk out our front doors. That we do not know who I don't even want to say the U.S. government but who the party is who has the nuclear football because it's not Joe Biden. No, it isn't. Did you, did you happen to see the uh, Joe Biden? Uh, <laughs> there's some videos going around, interestingly, showing the different uh, phases. Oh, of, the before uh, and after of his face? His face. Is it the, even the same guy? The nasal structures are different. Ear structures are completely different. Are they using <laughs> I mean, Saddam Hussein did this. I mean, you know, is this, uh, are we kind of seeing the same thing is, is, is a big question. Well, it, remi it reminds me of, and it was a joke in the film, but in the film Dave, where it was, um, oh God, the director who did the film JFK, because uh, there were, Stone. thank you, uh, Oliver Stone and a whole bunch of other famous people <laughs> appeared in, nice, <laughs> someone's trying to squeegee the ocean back in, um, yeah, that's Ukraine trying to hold back Russian forces. <laughs> um, that's NATO. That's NATO trying to hold back Russia. That's NATO trying to. That's the U.S. trying to hold back the multipolar world. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's brilliant. But, uh, 
Oliver Stone in the movie Dave, where he's doing an interview with Larry King, because everybody had these cameos in the film. And, and he goes, are you meaning to tell me that the president is not the president? And Oliver Stone's just looking at the camera going, have you seen the pictures? Have you looked at the photographs? And that's, that's what it reminds me of with Joe Biden, where like there's these people out there that are like, well, he's been cloned. And it's like, look, all that clone stuff is complete BS. Although yeah. I, am, I am willing to entertain the idea that, that there might be some electrodes involved. But I mean, the net of it is, the man is not in charge. He's not making decisions. And, and many of the people in his administration are not making decisions, which begs the question, uh, who in the crap is? We, you know, to, for those of you who know the phrase, uh, there's a term used in reference of the Vatican called the eminence grays or the gray eminence. It's a reference to the, the bishop in the Vatican who actually does run things rather than the pope who thinks they do. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know who the eminence grays is inside the U.S. government right I have now. The, I have the video queued up right here. Hold on. Let me. I'll share it with video you. coming. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Chrome tab. Come on, Chrome tab. Here we go. Cool. Look at this. I just want your honest opinion on this. Watch this. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which well, the date of those some of those photos? I don't know. I remember he's you know, he's aged quite a bit in the last ten years. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. One of the things is hard to fake. Is nasal structures and and and, and ears for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Well, there's obviously there's at? obviously some muscle definition and muscle control differences between the before and afters of yeah. of Joe. I you know, I, I I get visions of of other world leaders where they just keep pumping them full of drugs long enough to keep them alive long enough until they can get the replacement in there. And as I've joked, but it's no joke, uh, she uh, and I don't I'm not going to fall into the trap of of making easy attacks. But uh, Kamala Harris has certainly served a purpose, whether it's everything from uh, dating a high profile uh, talk show host, Montel uh, Williams, uh, to where she is today. But she she has always had these assignments, shall we say, uh, where she does what she's told. Uh, but at no time in her life, and I've said this on other shows, uh, is Kamala Harris more expendable? So if if we run Gavin Newsom with whoever the hell is the vice presidential candidate, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that takes us. But but they're just trying to keep Joe alive long enough. I mean, I you know some of the the defense contracting folks I know postings on LinkedIn are just blowing my mind when they're talking about you know I mean people I've worked with people I know. And they're making these inane comments about, you know, well, the administration uh, has really uh, defined uh, what really are the boundaries and the importance of of the many aspects of the Ukrainian-Russian conflict. And I'm like looking at this person who I worked with saying, we worked for the same group whose job it was to lie to the public. We developed, you and I, we developed software to help intelligence agencies lie in any language on this planet. And you're posting this drivel? I mean, holy shit, what's wrong with you? You know this is fake. You and what? I worked for the fake department. I mean, you. Why, why are you even bothering to on LinkedIn? What, what the hell is wrong with you? 
Well, I mean, and Biden, let's face it, Biden's the useful idiot, right? Like, you know, he's he's basically a, a puppet. And I think that they will wait till the midterms uh, to determine what path they move forward. I mean, they're they're throwing literally everything at the wall right now, trying to gain any type of oh, yeah. Democratic base support. Biden announced yesterday the reversal and potential um, unscheduling of cannabis, uh, you know, which which is very significant. Yes. It would be the the biggest legislator, biggest executive order, probably 25, 30 years um, for that. And and there are a lot of people who are nonviolent, uh, inc incarcerated for nonviolent crimes and regarding uh, cannabis. So so it's, it's going to electrify a few people and people are going to get excited about it. Some people are going to see through it and say, you know what, this is just for votes and everything. But some people are just one uh, subject, uh, one, you know, thing voters in terms of what they look for. So they're going to and, and, and if you have the power to control the person and the problem that I see with what's happening right now in the politics of our of our country is we don't we have the other side, the Republican side, who's really not fighting back a whole lot. If you if you really, really, really look at it. Right. Like, what do you see the Republicans doing right now to to, to fight back other than just pointing out Biden's faults? He's too easy I, I, of a target. He's too easy of a target. to So so they're what they're leveraging going into this election cycle is. Biden's an idiot. Okay, tell me something I don't know, Republicans. And the second piece of it that we're going to investigate Joe Biden and and Hunter Biden. Well, you know what? I don't I don't want to hear that fucking bullshit. We heard that with we heard that with Hillary for how many years, right? So let's not buy into that same bullshit that they're going to throw at us. Okay, let's be smarter than them to understand that you know if they really want to do something unique, then let's come up with solutions, Republican Party. Let let let's come up with what tangible things you're going to do different, other than launch a multitude of investigations. And and impeach Biden. You know what? I don't want to hear that bullshit anymore. You know what? Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> well, you look at the elections of 84, 88, 93, which I remember vividly. And I've got both the, the Democratic National Committee and the, the GOP party leaders on CNN, on news networks every night with, you know, their three by five card of this is what we stand for. This is our platform. And before you joined us, CJ, I mentioned at the at the lead into the show. You know, we've got the midterms on November eighth. My TV, my my, you know, the little ads that come up on YouTube based on my my profile and so on. I should be drowning right now in political ads, and I've got I've got like one ad that just keeps popping up for one candidate in my state, and that's about it. I've got no issues on the ballot being communicated. I've got now for many of you out there, it may be completely different where you live. But it's it's neither political party, CJ, got any kind of PR it's, it's or because there's no political solution. There's no political because there's no political parties to the economic tsunami we're going. And they for. just they just they I swear to God, and I said this at the front end of the show, CJ, I swear to God, they want November 8th to come and go and folks to wake up the next morning and go, oh, God, I forgot there was an election yesterday. I mean, yeah. the last thing they want is people actually going to the polls. And it, it reminds me of me talking to my kids one time where, where, you know, my kids were starting to vote and stuff. And they said, what do I do if there's an issue on there and I don't know anything about it or I didn't look it up or there's, you know, two candidates for, for a local judge or whatever. And I said, just skip it. Go, go to the next issue. I said, I know a lot of people that if it's anything at the at the like the presidential level or the high level government officials, they just skip it. They only vote local issues and local officials and and. My kids looked at me and they're like, we can do that. And I'm like, well, what you think if you leave a, a voting option blank that they're going to throw your, your ballot out? They're like, well, well, they never explained this to us. And I'm like, oh, God, this country's going to hell. Man. But we, get, we got our insurance. We got our health insurance uh, 
policy information uh, because because again, you know, being an entrepreneur, my wife carries benefits for for a family, which I'm very very thankful for. Uh, so we got our our projected changes coming up for the November uh, selection, and on average across the board, in either either deductibles, uh, meaning copay, you know, it could be copays, whatever, we're seeing on average a twenty five percent increase. Oh yeah, on average. Well, and I was just in Boston uh, last week. For those of you who are wondering where I was, um, talking to people I knew up in the Northeast, uh, in the New England states. You know, yes, our prices have gone up out here in the Midwest, and and uh, CJ, you just mentioned the medical side of things, and you know, the two of you over on your side of the corner of the Midwest, I don't know what your power bills have looked like, but you know, in my neck of the woods, my, I know my power know. bills, dude, are still a fraction of what I was paying. Well, yeah, York. but when <laughs> I when I was talking like, to folks, my electric bill is like two forty. We used to live in the fat yeah. life right now. <laughs> when, when I, like, I, I'm like, this is this is high power bills. <laughs> I mean, talking to folks and talking to folks in the Northeast and talking to business owners, you know, bars and stuff like that. And, and I'm hearing people tell me like, it's, it's a backbreaker. I mean, like they're trying to figure out, uh, like it, like suddenly you're back in the, in the 1970s or eighties when we only used to make long distance phone calls, you know, after three o'clock on a Sunday, it's like, well, the dryer does not get turned on until it's after five, you know? Right. And we air dry as much as we can. And, and, you know, and I had, I had a person I knew who was talking to me that lives in that corner of the world who said, didn't, didn't you used to turn off circuit breakers when you and your family would go on vacations and stuff? Because, you know, there's still a slow drain. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, well, yeah, uh, there is, there's a slow drain off your, your dryer, yeah. your ovens and other stuff. And I said, so I, you, when we would go on a family vacation, I, I, yes, Vellis, I would, I would throw certain circuit breakers in the house because I learned this the hard way having no budget living in an apartment. Like, like I kept the heat just, just high enough not to let the pipes freeze. But I mean, I, I threw like I had to go on a business trip or something and I was living in an apartment. I, I flipped every circuit breaker there was wow. for stuff I don't, I don't need. And I checked my bills. Yes. I'm that in over 10 I checked my bills and it's like, yes, there is a noticeable difference, but talking to friends of mine in the Northeast right now, like the types of bill increases they're talking about with gas and power and even water. I can't even imagine, bro. Well, shit, dude. I mean, it's yeah. like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here in a sadistic way, <laughs> rubbing my hands to... together going, and late December after the midterms pass and they're no longer going to lie about, you know, well, we might be in a recession. Oh, screw you. We've been in a recession since June. You yeah. just won't admit it. But it's like December, January. Oh, yeah, baby. It's, oh. Yeah. I <laughs> I have, well, it's it, and it is good, but you have something to say. Go ahead. I heard, I heard you start in New York. I lived in a, a three floor townhouse, uh, in a, in a, in a townhouse community and uh, right outside the city. Man, I remember when we've had some bad winters and there was some just like supply shortage, just some supply issues, uh, with natural gas. I remember one month it was like $600, $700. Typically, I spend anywhere between three to four hundred dollars. A month in in heating uh, during the winter time. That is not even a fraction. That's not even a. I'm paying right now not even a half of what I used to pay in New York with the current increases. So I cannot imagine what friends and family are going through right now or about to go through in New York. They're going to get massacred. I mean, I, it, it's it's going to get bad. I think this year, really, you're looking at thousands of dollars. In heating expenses. And a lot of places in New York, they don't have natural gas. They'll do oil heat. Okay? 
and they got to fill oil tanks, fellas. I cannot even imagine, bro. Well, it's interesting you say that. It's very interesting you say that. My grandparents in Wisconsin had oil heat, which, like, as a kid in the 70s and the 80s, I was, like, stunned by that because I thought, man, I, I didn't think we'd been using oil heat since the 30s. But when my grandparents passed away and we sold the house, under Wisconsin law, we had to fill the tank with concrete. And like Minnesota, Wisconsin, states like that, you know, the, the, the Great Lakes states up in northern Indiana and Ohio and Pennsylvania and so on. I know they used oil heat in those states, but I also know many of those states have passed laws saying you can't use oil heat anymore. And that's the thing that kind of always gets my attention is, is like they pass a law when it comes to our resources, whatever it may be, be it food, be it whatever. Well, you can't use that anymore. It's like the it's like when we got off R12 refrigerant and went to a 134A. Oh, yeah. yep. Well, now I got to get the car serviced more often because the refrigerant leaks out because it's a different type of chemical makeup than the old R12. Well, you got a lot of folks that are like, well, we got an old oil heater. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And I don't know where the hell you're going to get any yeah. oil either. I mean, it's like, you know, I got a bunch of folks where I live. Who've got homes that some of the older homes they've got pot-bellied stoves down in the down in the basement or a wood stove and, a wood stove a good old wood exactly stove. exactly yep. and I've and I've had some conversations with some folks I know where I said man if I was you I'd go to Ace Hardware get yourself some some uh, thick latex gloves and get yourself some steel wool and get yourself some some metal brushes and I'd start scraping out that that you know, wood burning stove, that pot-bellied stove, start scraping that out and cleaning that out now. Cause I'm telling you right now, I, I did have a house at one time, a number of years ago where, uh, I just realized, you know, what's a lot easier for me to live in the basement in the summer or the winter it's underground. It's insulated. Uh, it's not a bad idea. A- it really isn't. It's really not because what's going to happen is by the time that people figure out, that's probably a smart thing to do. The price are going to be jacked up on, on everything, right? Like on those stoves, even the installation of it. Cause you know, you have to make sure it's vented and everything properly. So it's right. not a bad idea. Yeah. So, you know, consider your options, folks. And for those of you in the comment section, I appreciate uh, filling us in here. I'm noticing some folks talking that New York is still using oil. So, yep. so thank and you. The other that. option New Yorkers have is, is propane. Oh, oh God. God, dude. I can't. They're going to get massacred. And it's good because I want all the blue states to feel the pain. Because then maybe then the people will wake up and understand that, hey, you can't vote like a retard and put retards in power. Well, and to what I said about them eliminating our options, some of you may have missed, well, Gavin Newsom is, is chatting amicably about everything's going to be electric and this, that, and the other. An he asshole. also banned kerosene heaters. That's good. Now, I know for a lot of folks, it's like, well, when would a Californian use a kerosene heater? Well, in the northern part of the state and in other parts of the state, they do, they do need them. And the northern them. part of the state is red. Well, and anything that's not near a major city is red. But other states are following that lead. So it's like, okay, I can't use a kerosene heater. In some states, I may have lost the right to use um, uh, oil heat. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, what are my other options other than a whole bunch of blankets? <laughs> and, uh, of course, it's funny. Jealous. You can do, you can do um, I can't remember, I've been northern Indiana. It's, it's popular where they put this outdoor-type unit that vents heat into the home, and I think it burns pellets. But... Um, 
my god! Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen those. Well, the, the thing is, is I've I've uh, I, I joked with my kids one time, telling them that I said, uh, "This is the meaning of three dog night, folks." <laughs> I said that doesn't mean anything to you until you're cold and you're under a blanket, going, "I gotta throw another pet on this bed. <laughs> I need some more heat here." Well, I saw an article yesterday that said that Europe is already planning. I think in in the UK, their contingency plans in in the event that there is gas shortages, which this winter is going to happen. They're going to have rolling three-hour um, shutdowns. Um, yes. There, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, lovely. I'm sure the Brits would love that. I had a, I had a soundbite I was going to use for, for next week's show, but I can use it now. Um, what do you call it? Uh, across Europe right now, uh, Poland is giving their citizens a subsidy if you want to purchase coal to stay warm, which I found absolutely hilarious because they might want to hold off on that massive – 14 billion dollar weapons purchase from south korea and maybe maybe buy their citizens some heat in the interim until they go back to buying those weapons yeah exactly these guys are they, they absolutely this is what's happening it's 2022 and in the modern west we're burning wood we're bu- burning pellets we're <laughs> these people are going <laughs> well, to that's, that's pet soon they call it a reset for a reason everything yeah. goes back yeah it, it, it... <laughs> <laughs> it's feudalism. I'm thinking about buying a horse. I'm thinking about it's buying feudalism. A horse. It's feudalism. We're going to be using horses to farm again <laughs> while our vassal lords drive so drive by in a Cadillac. <laughs> or go back to my hair and get a donkey. I guess one of the two. <laughs> See, hey, he's going to be the first illegal Mexican. Legal Mexican who's going to cross <laughs> illegally back into Mexico. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's it, man. Oh unbelievable man unbelievable well i'll tell you right now based on what happens in november is going to be a big predicament on what's going to happen in the next three to five years so it's going to be interesting to see how things are going to play out world's not ending tomorrow there's no nuclear war don't even listen to that bullshit that's not going to happen but what we are on is a we're, we're right now just swirling the toilet bowl folks we're swirling the toilet bowl and our job right now is to dodge all the shit that's flying our way well, and to keep keep you all informed and and to uh, keep noting your options. Uh, by the way, I, I I know a couple weeks ago I talked about the whole thing about the ethanol and our fuel. I went out and got one of those bottles of additive that helps. So uh, did I. And holy God, the difference! I'm I'm dead serious, folks. I, Wait, I poured you got the dry in gas, right? Uh, well, not just the dry gas. I got the the, the stuff with the green fluid in it that you add uh, and it counteracts the effects the of your is, ethanol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Pour, I poured in a half a bottle and then filled filled up to to mix it up real good. And holy what, God, it's a completely different what car. What brand was that, man? Oh God, I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, on, Lucas, it's the I think it's the yeah. Lucas product. And the yeah. other thing was, is I did find a station that sells pure gas with no ethanol in it. And yeah, I, 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 CJ, there's one right near us on Wheeler Road, bro, across the street from. Oh uh, yes, from, I, I uh, drive by it. Yeah, it's I a get go. Yeah. Uh, now I will. I will say the oh, one near me is, is. What the hell is that thing called again? The Monon, whatever. What is that thing? That the restaurant Grindstone across the street from Grindstone. I yeah, I can I can see it in my eyes, but I can't. Yeah, but it's only it. ninety octane, ninety yeah. octane of pure ethanol. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, pure, pure gas. gasoline. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can probably give it a shot. I don't know. The, the truck would probably. I, I put I put a couple gallons in in my oh, car. Okay. I got a I got well night and day uh i got a place near me that they sell fuel to a, a local uh lake 
area where folks and they've got a sign that says for it's exactly what I talked about on that show, folks, uh, for boats, for lawnmowers, uh, for anything we're leaving the fuel sitting in in your uh, equipment or your your vehicle for too long is going to cause gelling issues or whatever. Now, it was expensive and I feel I feel they probably jacked it, it up a bit it, it, uh, it because more expensive. Well, but the thing is, is, is as I'm filling up in my typical Vela's brain, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, of course it's more expensive because you're not, you're not cutting the fuel with an extender like alcohol. So I'm paying. So, you know, I'm like sitting there thinking the cold chill goes over my system where I'm like, this is what gasoline probably should be costing us if they weren't putting other crap in it. Exactly. And here's the thing. It's much more energy dense. So you're going to get a lot more mile. Yes, Allen, and it's going to be uh, cleaner for your engine, man. That's the that's the benefit of it. And that that is that is a critical point, folks. Because yeah. the the other thing too is is when you, uh, I had some, a neighbor of mine was talking to me about this topic the other day while we were out working in the yard, and he said, "Well, he goes, uh, I thought E eighty five has a higher octane rating, and I said it does. It's about one ten, one twenty. Yep. And he goes, well, God, that's like the nineteen seventies when you're you're fueling up a four forty and a Challenger. And I said, right, but I said you have to remember. The octane rating is just how efficiently does the fuel ignite. Correct. I said, this is why my, you know, the diesel car I used to have, which I unfortunately had to get rid of. But I said, you know, diesel fuels more dense. There's more energy in it, which is why one of the many reasons why it, 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 those vehicles get much, much better mileage. So I said, if you're fueling up at least, I said, I'm not going to put a whole tank of pure gas in my car, but I'll put three or four gallons in there. And I said, it's, it's a night and day difference and my mileage is going up. Yeah. That's why it's, it, it's also pretty cool that if uh, if you have a car where you can kind of tinker with the ECU and the fueling system, you could kind of tinker with uh, you know the octane. You could, I mean, if you can get a hold of hundred octane fuel or anything like a real octane booster, uh, there's a, a great company that that would make an octane booster. It's a legitimate uh, octane booster. Uh, if you give me a second, I'll tell you. I used to run this on my Camaro, man. This thing was awesome to get my get it up to 100 octane, and legitimate, right? I'll tell you. Right now, all the all the muscle car guys uh, would run it. Uh, genetic racing. Give me one second. I'll tell you. Exactly. Let me let me plug this real quick while you're looking at up, V. So hey, yeah. I want to bring everyone's attention. This weekend is a global event uh, for Julian Assange, and I think I'm going to try to get uh, Sherry. Uh, uh, Clayton, who has been on before, as well as um, another one that's in the UK to to stream some of this stuff. But just around the globe, a lot of events this weekend uh, going on in regards to to Julian Assange. So we're basically at the 11th hour in terms of any type of effort to uh, to get him to release. So uh, so that's going on this weekend. And then if you haven't listened to it yet, um, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm about an hour into it and I've given him kudos before. But Roger Waters um uh, Pink Floyd, he's 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 on point. This guy understands a lot more. Very high intellect in terms of what's happening in the world, the experience, and uh, he was on JRE. And so, if you get a chance, check check that out. It's it's a it's a great conversation. So that's that's all I have. Now you will hear Roger Waters say things, folks, that at times I don't want to say will challenge you, but it's we've we've all got to check our egos at the door because it's it's kind of like when you listen to Brendan O'Connell. There's there's things Roger Waters is, I don't mean like he's anti-free market or anything like that, but I mean like he really challenges you with some of the things he says about, well, if you really believe in the free market, then you need to believe in this, you know? And it's like, well, uh, my comfort level is being violated. I just want you to go back to, to making fun of Joe Biden again. 
but but Waters is a very well read guy, and he's he's got some very interesting comments. Well, and and a perfect example of that real quick, Velas, is like this whole idea regarding uh, what Biden is considering in terms of the the incarceration and removing of that, and where most people, even in my industry, are like celebrating it right now. They're like, oh, Velas dropped off, uh, or hey, celebrating. Come back. He'll he'll be back. Uh, I'm I'm more in the question as to as to why are we asking for government. Why are we asking? Uh, I'll repeat this real quick, Vela. So, give you a perfect example of Vela is saying. So, like many of my industry right now are celebrating what Biden's doing. They're like, "Oh, this is awesome! This is like monumental, so but great." They're missing, they're missing the overall point. Is like, why are we asking for government per, for permission to begin with? If we're not harming others and everything else, that's the whole point. And it goes back to that whole, you know, mask mandate and and the the, the vaccines where people were celebrating these things that we don't have to wear masks anymore. And I'm like, right. like. Like, no, 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 stop. The issue is, is that you're an idiot because you didn't realize at the beginning that you should never have complied and, and you did so. So go ahead, B. Oh, I found it. It's Torco. This is what I used to run, man. This is the real deal. Holy feel legit. This is the sauce. So if you're, I mean, just. Oh, my God. Back. It comes in a drum. It does. <laughs> Let me give you an example. There was one time, uh, you know, we back in New York, we, the, you know, we owned an SUV that we were trying to sell. It was just sitting outside for months and months and months. So you can imagine the gasoline was, you know, gelled out, it was ethanol based. Car wouldn't start. It was it was just dead. I mean, months. And I didn't even put any like treatment in the, in the gas. So it sat through fall, winter, and I started it like close to summer. Like like June. It was bad. Real bad. I would never No, do you that. can't drink it, Cyber Queen. <laughs> no, you can't drink it. I mean you could, but you'll be dead. But so I pour a can of this in there. The bad boy started right up, man. It is legit. This is the especially if you're running a tuned vehicle. This this gives this is horsepower in a bottle. I, we 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 tuned for this just you know with, with our tuning systems, we're able to extract another 50 60 horsepower based on the fueling on octane alone. So this does wonders for cleaning out your fuel systems and you know getting you going, man. I mean, I I, I recommend. That's sweet. It. I'm gonna buy some. That's yeah, awesome. Torco. You can get it on Amazon. Torco. Yeah, I would I would have put it in my generator because like I don't fire it up enough, and I know there's still gas sitting in there. So oh yeah, yeah. then you got to use this, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's killer shit. I I, I want to go get myself a bottle of this right now. Just reminded. Can I put my tequila you. in that? Would help keep my tequila better too. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a fuel storage additive. But he won't go to the cinnamon store. Man, you and your gym, man. I don't want to hear it, CJ. I don't well, I've, I've got to go to the gym because I just I need to get on the treadmill and and work off all this this uh, tension. Yeah, I'm gonna go get a donut. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna go eat some chicken and rice. That's it. <laughs> you guys have, have a great, have, have a great weekend, weekend everybody. Be well. Harley. Do we see that? Uh, no, Har- no. Harley's Harley's out today, Monday. so we're gonna try to connect with him on Monday. Perfect, folks. Have an awesome weekend. We're out. Take it away, CJ.